Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Konnichiwa. Irashai futari no jui no episode 163 no listener wa pet no podcast nitsuite hanashimasu. Koko dewa pet nitsuite hanashisugiru dake dewa juubun dewa arimasen. That's you. That is me. Hey, how's that? Wow. Welcome. Thank you very much. Is that, uh, that's all the way from Tokyo, obviously. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Just in time for the Olympics. Yeah. Konnichiwa. To all of our all of our Olympic uh, uh, listeners and all of our listeners in Tokyo, um, fantastic, mate! I love that uh, things you can do with uh, Google Translate, hey? Google Translate, yeah. <laughs> and you know what the best part is? Is when you take Google Translate and then you put it back in, right? <laughs> yes. So that was supposed to be hello and welcome, listeners, to episode one hundred and sixty-three of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Where too much talking to pets is barely enough. And when you put it back in. Yeah, that first paragraph comes out as "Hello, welcome to Vet Episode 163." Listeners talk about pet podcasts. It's not enough here to talk about or to talk too much about pets, which is <laughs> which is correct. Um, the second line was, uh, "I am Dr. Robbie Anderton. I'm joined by the official Marwashi Cleanliness Officer, Dr. Lewis Kirkham." Now, I'm the not sure, Marwashi do you know what... Cleanliness Officer. That's yeah, yeah. me. Do you know what this the Marwashis guy... are? Uh, are they the things that not the, the little thing on a keychain that you had to like feed them and then you know and then they do a poo and you have to clean them up and stuff? A little pet you had on your keychain. Jeez, that, what um, sort of pets the, are you keeping the, the on your keychain? The, the diet. Oh that no, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yes, yes. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, confusion. No, the, the, my, my washies again. In co- According to Google, is what the sumo wrestlers wear. So, um, so, so for, for that one, it came out as I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and then the official tuning cleanliness officer, Dr. Lewis Kirkham, joined us. So here he is. He's joined Very us. Very so nice. Go. Well, I won't stand up and show everyone my mawashi that I'm wearing. No, or that, whether that, it's clean yeah. enough. I don't want you yeah. turning around to show me that. No, no. Well, no, no, you haven't washed it, so it's my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, mate. I do like that. Been watching a little bit of the Olympics. We won't talk too much. I've got a quick quick podcast to get through today, haven't we? Got yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead, now, so. Olympics have been good. Gold, gold, gold for Australia, and I hope everyone else is doing well. So, you yes, know, away we go. Mate. What's been happening at work this week? Yeah, so I actually had a very interesting one this week, mate. I'm not sure whether or not you've come across this with the uh, the flurry of uh, of puppies and things that we've been seeing around COVID times. But it's actually for the first time I've had somebody come in and say, oh, now my breeder told me not to get my puppy vaccinated anymore after what? Uh, you know, after having had the puppy vaccination. And it's like, Whoa. Oh, I, uh, oh. you know what? I kind of disagree with wow. that. I just, uh, you know, and I'm pretty sure then at that stage, they pulled out five peer-reviewed, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies of where their breed had had an issue. 
with the vaccine at some stage was was there uh was there any of that came out? That that was the um that was the, the the lowdown that they got from the breeder that it was um oh yeah no look at yeah, this this breed this particular breed I'm not gonna you know go in it but it was one of the more um exotic crossbreeds that we see you know in abundance at the moment. Um, oh, an oodle. But it wasn't actually a noodle, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Came up and said, no, like I've actually been told that I shouldn't be, uh, you know, that I shouldn't be getting any more vaccines from here that, um, that I should, and like, no, 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 no. Look, there's a reason why there's a reason. The reason why you're, well, for me, I think the reason why your breeder thinks that we don't need to be vaccinating is because for so long we vets have actually been doing such a job, a good such a good job of actually protecting dogs from these diseases that your breeder just hasn't seen it. I know I have. I've seen Parvo. I've seen a couple of cases of distemper, and I'd be buggered if I want to try and you know have dogs being at risk of that again. Uh, I think we should vaccinate your dog. Yeah, there's certainly there's a reason we do it, and that's that's for the health of your animal. So yeah, you know, and the, I suppose they didn't want to go to kennels at all. With, uh, you know the requirement to have kennel cough vaccination, or you know didn't want to go and mix with other dogs in the park. Maybe you know anything at all in the future. Just. Yeah, Don't vaccinate. I, I, I kind of just didn't, I, I, I didn't necessarily delve into much in the way of why they'd said it. Yeah. I more just said, you know what? I, I actually think that, you know, look, th- these are the reasons why I think we should be protecting your dog. These are the reasons why I think we should be using a vaccine. Um, this is what you're going to be at risk of doing. Um, I didn't really go into the ifs, buts and whys of why the breeder said what they said. I mm. mainly just put my piece out there and said, this is a reason why we do it. Yeah. You know, we yeah. try not to overdo it and we try to, you know, exactly. to do the right thing. So yeah. interesting you know, aside is uh, with owners, I don't know about you, mate, but uh, a lot of owners talking about their vaccinations. You've been getting a bit of that in the consult room. We've been, oh, it's been, it's been a great topic of discussion. So, yes. I, so, so I, cause I had my second um, Pfizer last week. I'm not Ooh. sure if you crossed. Um, How'd you feel afterwards? Second one's not so good, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Gave, gave me a little bit of a raz up. Um, yeah, I, right I like, it's, it's funny, Lewis, when I get sick, like if I'm getting fevers and things like that, and back in the old day, when you could get a flu and not feel like you were going to you know, infect <laughs> everyone with COVID. Yes. Um, uh, my my old soft tissue injuries um, start to act up. So I get sore calves and my hip starts to hurt. My back starts to hurt. My shoulder hurts. And I was like, oh, geez, what was I doing? Like, they go, oh, hang on. I'm actually starting to get sick again. That's just old age, mate. That's just, you're over 40. It's where it's at. It is, yeah, yeah, and so that hence the reason why I could go and get the uh, go and get the the, the injection. But um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it is interesting of when you know now people are talking about, and I guess while everyone's always had vaccinations, you know, in in the past, now it, it, everyone is getting the same vaccine. Well, the vast majority of pet owners are coming in. So you're right. It is a really interesting topic of discussion. And so then, then that brings up the whole thing of, oh, it doesn't really seem to hurt the animals. And I go, well, A, that's because I'm just really good. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but cha-ching. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but B, you know, talking about the difference of getting a vaccination into your muscle versus getting a, an injection into the the subcutaneous space or the fatty layer um, of, uh, of dogs and cats where we give them injections. So how do you explain it to people as to why it, it hurts us more with getting into the muscle compared to oh, the skin? 
I just say, look, if you if you're licking a nice peanut butter peanut butter off a off a, um, off a tongue dispresser, you, you wouldn't hurt it all either for you as well. So they seem to go down with that. That goes well. Unless you've got a peanut allergy. Yeah, well, that's right. I always ask that. Yeah, um, no, but the yes. thing, thing I the find interesting is actually I had two consults in a row. First, first guy came in, he was, had a doctor on his name on the file. It could have been a PhD. Not didn't really go into that, and totally anti getting vaccinated. You know, really, over wow. sixty. Over sixty, uh, you know, risk category potentially. Totally, I don't mix with people. I don't go out. I I just live alone. I, oh, hang on. So sorry, you don't go out, but you're just in front of me here at the vet yep. clinic, right? No worries. Yep. Getting your dog vaccinated to protect your dog from mixing with other dogs that obviously you go out and you are doing. Yeah, okay, yep. not right. And, and as you come my up tongue. the main street of, of Port Melbourne yeah. to get here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bite my tongue. No, didn't say anything. Then, uh, you know, I said, oh, so I've been done. She said, oh, I'm only only going to get done, you know, this and that. And I don't get the flu. I've never had the flu shot. Oh, right. And you sit there and you just bite your tongue. And then uh, obviously I'm pro-vax very much so. And the next guy comes in. He's like, oh, I've had my vaccine. First thing he said, I had my vaccine today. It's great. You know, I'm all done. So it's interesting that the different thoughts. And, and I guess that comes perhaps with the breeders as well, that sometimes they think for whatever reason, that whatever uh, mock idea they've got in their head, uh, you know, I'm, I, uh, I certainly go out and look at the stars every now and then, but I don't purport to be an astronomer. So, you know, um, yeah, I've got you teeth should. in my head. I've got teeth in my head, but I, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm a dentist. So, I mean, you can breed dogs, yep. but, you know, you don't necessarily know how vaccines work and what, what needs vaccines and what doesn't. But we get that with breeders a bit. You get that. My dog should never have an anesthetic because it's so-and-so breed. And the breeder said this, and you should only feed this food for, for my dog because they, you know, get this and that. And Don't that. use this product. This product will kill these types of dogs. You go, well, yes. no, 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 you know, it won't. I've used it plenty yeah. of times in the past. Yeah. If you're really unlucky, I mean, gee whiz, you know, my, my kids can get really sick if I give them a Panadol when they're crook too. But, you know, it doesn't stop me from trying to give me and them a good night's sleep when they're sick. So Yeah, it, yeah you do get the occasional knowledgeable breeder that will go, oh, you've got to be careful with some anesthetics on the sight hounds, like the whippets and the, yep. and the greyhounds. And uh, that's great because that is true. Yep, as but if more often. Cute. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, old Rosie trots on by. Yeah. So, but um, you know, some breeders even recommend you know the raw raw food, mate, which perhaps we'll touch on again today. Will we, we? might give that a little yeah. a little. Uh, it might get, take a little bit of a clippity clop down that particular yes. avenue later yes. on. Have, have um, I have I had let the horse out of the stable too early there? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the the um the, the it may have bolted. May have bolted from a long way away. Hey, now, um, just before we move on, I wanted, I, I had a, I had a thought the other day, and it was while I was in a consult with friend of the show, Cloudy, um, with her, uh, with her dog, Seth, big Bernese mountain dog. I was trying to take Seth's temperature, Lewis. Now, um, you know, as a wise and vet like you, you are, um. I'm sure sometimes you may find it difficult actually trying to, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit dark under a dog's tail, trying mm. to work out where the bum is and trying to get the thermometer in. No. So how about this? We, what we should start producing is a two vets talk pets thermometer with a torch with led so with a little oh. led on there oh, so like as it. the thermometer's going up in there <laughs> it just lights it up like a runway and so you can just you can just you know absolutely thread that needle straight on lewis what do you think do you think uh, this is an idea that we can run with oh i love that mate That's, oh, i do actually like that that because sometimes there's a lot of hair there's a bit of you know it's just sort of you're down on your knees even it's hard yep. to see you know who knows where it might be yes but i reckon you could add to would it be bright enough that when when it did correctly get inserted the whole 
tummy of the dog would would glow like a big oh, glow worm. Really? Wow. How good would that be? Be like, you were we're in. Where is he? Like like that picture I sent you of um of Melvin when he was having his uh yes. his uh, his endoscope and his entire abdomen lit up from the light of the endoscope. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, had to take it that I I I'd worry though, Lewis, that then it'd have to be a much wider diameter thermometer to yeah. try and get up in there, which might yeah. take an awful lot of lube. And you know, and, and often the um the 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 thermometer to bum ratio is not necessarily in the favor of our smaller breasts. Might work for the burner, you know. We might be yes. able to get a uh, get a big wide mag light style, you know. Uh, <laughs> thermometer up there but, but i think for your chihuahua they might uh they Ooh, might need to do some nah. relaxation exercises to try and get something that that wide in but what do you reckon like i, 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 I can't like see it. why that wouldn't work yeah it could you could you have it that the the led change colors so then when the it did glow you'd be like going through the colors you know like just like, like my kids have got in their bedroom like a big led strip that they've that they've got that uh that they turn on turn their room into a disco room anyway <laughs> Well, there you go. Look at look out for it. I love it. We'll, we'll two, start. Two, two vets taught pet rectal thermometer. I think so. I think that works well with our brand, mate. I really think it does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Keep, yeah. 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 Keeping keeping touch of the cardinal signs of the veterinary industry by finger getting ourselves the, covered in poo. Finger on the pulse, so to speak, <laughs> of the veterinary industry. <laughs> anyway. Big thank you to uh, to Zilkeen, um, uh, the uh, mild anxiety lowering medication. Um, great for well, great for a dog if they're they're going to have a bit of a, a visit to the vet, maybe to to test out the new two vets talk pets. Thermometer, uh, yes. What will we yeah, thermometer? What we uh, we'd have to think of a name. We'll think of a name another time. The um, the two vets talk pet LED thermometer. Um, that's patented, patent pending actually. Pa- yes, just in case. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yes. Yes, it right. Here we are. Go, the 30, 31st of July. No one go white anding us yes. on this. If I see anyone going on Shark Tank with a, with an idea of a rectal thermometer with a torch on it, I'm going to be really, <laughs> really, really disappointed. Yeah. And if I go to the next uh, dog lover show and there's a man <laughs> in a hat with a speaker and, and, and a and a thermometer with a torch. Uh, 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 we're not interviewing you. Sorry, mate. No, you don't make the cut this time. Anyway, Zilkeen, do appreciate you guys. Mild anxiety, low medication. You might have gone on mute, mate. I'm not sure. Are you there? You might have pressed your button. I uh, uh, can't hear you. You've gone. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about Zilkeen while Robbie sorts out his, um, his uh, uh, he's got a bit of a sound issue. So um, thank you very much. And also big thank you to Zilkeen, uh, to Delicate Care, sorry. Uh, our other supporter. Oh, we've got a little malfunction in a, um, in a, in the microphone there. So delicate care, uh, Australian owned, Australian made food. Uh, you know exactly what is going into that food. You got me now? Yes, you're on, mate. You're back. Hey! Uh, you know exactly what's going into the delicate care. It is what it says on the packet. There's nothing extra, nothing nothing added in, and it's a really good high-quality food. And, of course, they've got the Cherish brand as well, which you can get from your pet shops. Absolutely. I'm starting to wean Rosie onto the Cherish now as well, mate. She's, uh, yeah, yeah. She's had her chemo. So, uh, so she's, uh, that's working through. So now she's getting onto the, getting onto the Cherish. So. Very good. And also thank you to our Patreon guys. If you want this episode, if you want to get this episode a week early when it's actually relevant, Probably not so well. It's still relevant, but It'd still be relevant. You, you want it a week before everyone else gets it, so you know what's going on in the veterinary industry. Go to a Patreon, Two Vets Talk Pets. We've been saying for a while now it's two dollars a month. Well, 
unfortunately, a little bit of inflation in there, I think. I think that was $2 US a month. And now $2 US? I've been told it's at $3 Australian. So oh, sorry, guys. Really? Oh, a little Christ. bit extra. We'll, uh, we'll have to have a look and see if we can bring that back down again with, uh, yeah. you know, with tough times and everything. But anyway, Absolutely. so uh, I had an article this week. Yes. Which I sent to you this morning, mate, which we've yes. alluded to already. It's from The Age. Henrietta Cook. July 30th, so yesterday. Yesterday, yep. You, it, the title is, You Don't Expect Horse Meat. <laughs> this had nothing to do with Ikea or anything, did it? Mm, well, <laughs> well, it's very close to it. Victoria investigators probe mysterious dog deaths. And we talked about this, you know, in the last few episodes. Last few weeks, yeah. Uh, Victorian authorities are investigating whether contaminated horse meat, which was sold to pet owners as beef, mm was responsible for the death of 22 dogs and the hospitalisation of a further 44. In a joint statement released on Friday afternoon, Prime Safe and Agriculture Victoria said tests had confirmed meat, pet meat sauce from Mafra District, Nackery contained a toxin in native plants called Indospecine. A cluster of dogs throughout Bensdale, Taralga, Mornington, Pinch, and the eastern suburbs of Melbourne developed severe liver disease after eating the contaminated meat, it's believed the toxin was ingested by horses in the Northern Territory before they were transported to the Gippsland knackery and butchered for pet meat. Mm-hmm. We did touch on it last week a little bit. It continues yeah. on. Horse meat is emerging as the focus of the investigation into the endospecine toxin found in pet meat products, the statement said. Authorities have urged dog owners to steer clear of all pet meat, and this is really important, sourced from Mafra District Knackery between May 31st and July 3rd. All kinds of meat of pet meat fitting that description should be considered at risk of endospecine contamination due to the blending of pet meats. Oh, oh, they've gone to they've gone to a blending process, have they? Well, it's a bit of a including products described as beef and kangaroo pet meat. Now, I did ask last week, I think, on the episode, when you go into your raw pet food store, yeah, is there a shelf that says horse meat, yeah, kangaroo meat, beef meat, and I I would be shocked if there was a shelf that said horse meat and i think this tells me that there's not not but in fact every shelf potentially yes maybe if you've got sauce from nafra district knackery has got horse meat in it potentially so it's like what we were saying last week lewis where if if you feed raw pet meat that is not uh, raw meat that is not human consumption meat yes you need to make you need to assume that you need to find out exactly where it's come from. And if you don't know exactly where it's come from, throw it out, throw yeah. it out. Don't, don't feed yeah. it anymore. So, but it's more than exactly where it comes from because it might say, Oh, it's come from another knackery somewhere yeah. else, but that doesn't mean anything that you haven't actually, there's no regulation in the industry. So you haven't actually been there to see that that was beef. Or what yeah, correct. Or whatever it is. So yeah, and that's that's the problem. There is it's it's the wild west, isn't it, mate? It it absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, we we were discussing um, previously that knackeries, you know, they, they do a an important job for um out in the out in our rural districts of helping to try and deal with uh you know, sick and sick or or dead uh, livestock. Um, so it is really important what they do, but 
um, then when they're moving on a product and saying that it's one thing, you'd kind of hope that it is that one thing, especially if you're paying for that one thing and not, you know, if, if they say, well, hang on, the devil's in the details. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? If I still go and get a dim sim, I'd, I'd rather know that, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> if, you're buy, if you're buying something, just because it says meat pie, you know, you shouldn't make then have to make the assumption of what animal that meat pie has come from, you know? Yeah, and I look forward to the letters and emails we're going to get from 4 and 20 and from the South Melbourne Dim Sim Dim Sim at the market, South Melbourne market Dim Sims, mate. Thanks for that. Though. We've had, so, so Ron's yeah. going to talk to us about yeah. his new thermometer. Hang on. Is, is, that, is that 4 and 20 that um that is named after 4 and 20 from the old nursery where I'm 4 and 20 blackbirds <laughs> baked in a pie? It's right there in the name, Lewis. They're not even hiding it. We're not saying. We're not saying at all. No, 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 no. Because it's human. Human, human. It is going to be, you know, if they they say that it's a four and 20 blackbird pie, you know exactly what's in that. (laughs) No, no, uh, no, no. We're we're only making, uh, you know, only mildly humorous illusions. But um, no, it's it's a thing that if just because you're buying raw pit meat, they are under zero obligation, unfortunately, to guarantee that it has, that it is beef or that it is, that it isn't horse because they don't have to. It's, yeah, not, exactly. it's, not, it's not regulated. Exactly. And it, it can be frozen as well. I suppose it'd be cooked. It doesn't have to be raw necessarily, I suppose. Yeah. The, the NACRA issued a voluntary recall of the, of the meat early this month, nine days after a request from Prime Safe. Mafra District NACRA also trains as Backman Meats and Backman Greyhound Supplies. And its raw meat is sold in pet shops across Victoria. It so sure that's, is. A, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, uh, little addendum there. Authorities said the contaminated meat may still be in circulation. They warned the meat may have been processed into a variety of products following distribution, making identify, identification of all affected pet foods difficult. So mm. it does say it could be right through the whole pet food sort of uh, raw meat chain potentially. Yeah. Andrew Lawrence, whose German Shepherd became seriously ill after eating meat from the knackery, said he would have never have purchased the pet food if he had known it contained horse meat. Yeah, I'm sure. We Mm. were paying for premium beef, he said. We thought we're getting chunks of beef. You don't expect chunks of horse meat mixed up in it. No, you don't, Andrew. Mm. I I would certainly agree with that. In a statement post on Facebook, Mafra District Nackery co-owner Karen Backman said she was devastated to hear the toxin been found in her pet meat. So are we, I guess everyone is. Mm. We're all still totally shocked that toxins in animals we were told were originally bred for human consumption could harm dogs. Now, that's an interesting that statement. Yeah. yeah. Should, we, should we should we drill down on that a little bit? Because <laughs> well, it's we, it's in well, the it's it's in the the realms there. You know. Well, we yeah. Let's unpack. Let's uh yeah drill down. I like this speak, mate. Let's get a bit of corporate on it. It's yeah. um. I didn't know horses were originally bred for human consumption. Uh, Number one. Well, they certainly are in some countries. You yeah, know, not Australia. In, but not specifically in Australia. No. Mm. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah, but it certainly is in, in uh, you know, in certain European countries, horse yeah, yeah. Is, is used, but um, here in Australia, yeah, no. And, and, um, and, and in the Northern Territory as well, you know, you don't hear of many, you know, um, horse meat farms up in the Northern Territory. No, you don't. When we're, 
doing part of our vet course, it does involve us going to do some farm work in the early stages of the course. And there's no sort of cues of people going to the horse farm. Is there the horse meat farm um, particularly? No. So I don't know that they're certainly not Australia. They're not. And I think you have to go look for a long way to find some human uh, grade horse meat in Australia. So I'm just not sure exactly what what that means this has never happened before as far as we are aware correct it has, yes it has totally yes well that yeah, would as, be as far case. as you're aware no yes. dog has been poisoned from this in the past as far as you're aware but that's also might be saying as far as they're aware they're they're not using animals that were not bred for human consumption too yeah, right. Does that make sense? Not yeah. Is that you know, I don't know. Yeah, it depends on the context of the Yeah, it yeah. does. It has totally taken us by surprise. We've never heard of the interstate toxin before. She said the knackery purchased station bred horses from Northern Victoria. Oh, Northern Victoria or North Northern Victoria. And oh, recently discovered really? and recently discovered these animals may have originated from interstate and contained the toxin. Oh, right. So station bred, I guess they mean Northern Territory Station, or oh, I don't. There's well, some confusion there, isn't there? Well, again, it's they not, come from. You don't. They don't really hear of many sort of stock stations in Northern Victoria. You know, usually that's more that that's usually more something that you would associate in, you know, the far northern mm. part of it, yeah, arid mm. regions of Australia when they talk about stations. Mm. But again, that's, that, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, a horse. Uh, I guess they have a brand. Do they have? They don't. They don't have ear tags. They have a brand on them, don't they? Which wouldn't really yep. say necessarily where they came from. I guess they've been handed around a bit. Um, she said the knackery had now implanted a Victorian only animals requirement and changed its manufacturing processes. Right. Okay. So only horses from Victoria. Is that what they're saying? Which is different to those horses from the station bred northern Victorian horses, is it? Yeah, right. Interesting. Our pet foods are safe, she said. Our hearts go out to all those families and pets that suffer yep. from the effects of the interstate toxin. So do ours, mate. So so do yep. ours. Definitely. This is the worst thing that could have happened and we could not have been prepared. It's just awful. It's never happened before. We make sure it will never happen again. The toxin can build up animals as they graze and is then passed onto dogs when they eat their meat. Dogs are particularly sensitive to the toxin. There have been no previous reports of endospecine toxicity in Victoria, but it's been detected in Northern Australia where dogs have died after eating contaminated camel meat. Mm. So there you go. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like to say you heard it first. On two vets talk pets, and we did have an inkling early on, didn't we, mate? That there was some some issues with where the meat was sourced and what the meat was. Um, You're right. It just yeah. was unfortunately wasn't something that we felt we had the kahunas to tackle when it well, first came out. We we wanted to wait until there was um, hard evidence there. Yeah, we've already uh, already blown our legal budget for the year, so <laughs> yeah, we, so we wanted to make sure that we weren't. Uh, yeah, we're not necessarily uh, hard hitting enough that we're willing to no. you know, go toe to toe. But there's been there. Mm. There, there, there had been um, illusions 
on um, uh, quite a few, uh, you know, uh, veterinary forums. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. unofficially that people suspected that this may have been what was, uh, that this may have been the the, the end result. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so here we are, you know, so they found it, found it in the moment. Um, We're still waiting to get the official confirmation through from the the tests that we ran on that uh, that patient that I had at the Waverley Animal Hospital last week. Um, I'm expecting them to come through next week so it'll highly be highly suspicious what you mate that they that it was from the food with that dog unfortunately as well absolutely and the interesting mm. thing that's going to be there is because we've got two two samples of meat we've got one that was from uh earlier in june and one that was from in july to see whether or not the there was toxin actually in both because wow. uh, they actually came from um different bags that were purchased from different times so wow. so uh, and the thing that really concerns me with it lewis is i mean obviously there's been yeah you know, there's been the the 22 dogs that have died and the the 44 dogs that have um that have been ill from it yeah but I can't believe that these are the only dogs in Victoria that have been exposed to this meat. So, I mean, the, I can, I think the big thing is, is that, you know, we need to be like, uh, uh, my advice is to anyone that if you've been feeding your dogs raw meat that has been sourced from Mafranacri, even if they're seeming fine, I'd probably still go and get them tested, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just from the point of view of that, if they've got elevated liver enzymes, yeah, there might, yeah, the, the toxin's in there and there's nothing at the moment that we know that you can do to remove the toxin. But at least then that way you can say, right, well, the dog's got some liver issues. That's something that we can take into account. We can monitor um, those blood test results, say, in another four, six, eight weeks mm. and see if the liver enzymes are going up. Um, and also it means that we can then be putting down on those animals' files that they've had access to these things. It means that we probably need to keep an eye on these dogs for potential signs of liver um, issues in the future as well. Because what we don't know is whether or not these dogs that have survived um, are going to then have recurrent liver issues down the track. That's going to be the yeah. real tricky thing. So there's, um, there's a, a condition that we see in... Um, uh, in some dogs um, where it's like a, a, a copper toxicity disease. So where certain dogs can't actually store uh, copper in their livers properly. And so what happens is some liver cells die off because they've got too much copper there. So then what happens is that that copper then goes, it gets taken up by the surrounding cells well, that then kills those cells off. So then they pour the copper into the next surrounding cells and it just sort of pass on and pass on and pass on. Yep. So so what we really need to know with these dogs is whether or not the indispecine toxin is metabolized and cleared out from the liver or is it something that's going to stay in the liver long-term and could potentially then cause longer-term liver damage? That's something that we won't really know, but it's something that we really need to be monitoring, I think. Wow. Yeah. I, I guess the other thing that, yeah, that's a real worry, sort of long-term effects, I suppose, the 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 long indospecine, perhaps we'll call it, you know, like the long mm. COVID you have, the, yes. the long indospecine potentially. Yep. The other thing that I wonder about is, uh, you know, a lot of, I guess a lot of the meats are quite cheap. Those sort yes. of pet food meats, um, you know, um, and uh, and I I I also worry that you know perhaps there are people who have been feeding that meat and perhaps don't have the money to take their pet to the vet. Yes, yeah, you're um, right. And so there's a lot of cases out there that that have happened and the dogs have passed, and because the owners just 
you know, they can't afford to, to take the pet to the vet. Or, I mean, there's inmate, you know, there's greyhound meats. There, Backman greyhound meats it was as well. So perhaps there are a lot of greyhounds that are affected too. Who yeah, knows, yeah. mate? Who knows? So it could be could be much bigger, much much bigger uh, endemic problem than yeah, we're seeing yeah. the twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there you go. Yeah, that's the um, that's the latest uh, information from it. It's um, so yes, confirms horse meat. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. mate. Uh, now, what do you got this week? You got something? So, um, uh, on a on a slightly happier you know, oh. note here, you know, um, and and a, and a shout out as well. This sort of ties in with our uh, with, with our delicate care sponsors. Um, uh, the the rescue duck Sally is reunited with family <laughs> after being missing for ten months. <laughs> with the sponsors, I like that, mate. I like. Tur- that, turns yeah. turns out that Sally was only still lost in Sydney. A Queensland family has been reunited. It wasn't lost. In, in Western Australia. So I was going to say, it didn't go near the Delicate Care Factory. because nowhere near yeah, the Delicate whew. Care Factory. In, in, no, 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 definitely lucky, not. No. Lucky, so, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, a Queensland family has been reunited with its pet rescue duck 10 months after she disappeared. Sally disappeared from her Bly Bly backyard in September last year after a storm and despite frantic efforts to find her, had remained missing. However, a flurry of social media posts from residents nearly 30 kilometres away on the southern end of the coast caught the owner's attention this week. My mum saw a post on Facebook and this lady was like, I've got a duck. It's in my yard if it's anyone's pet. And mum was like, I think it's our duck. Kaisha <laughs> Moston said, if you can imagine that that was uh, someone whose name's Kaisha's way of, of speaking. The pair travelled to Aruna, hopeful to find their missing duck, but the collection didn't go as planned. We walked into the backyard where Sally was, and as soon as she short saw me, she started wagging her tail and started chirping at me. That's definitely her. I had her in my arms, and then she managed to get one wing free, and then she flew off. <laughs> I think she's trying to tell Tanisha something in maybe twice there. Is have you come across anything, Lewis, that a tail wag and a duck is 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 not necessarily a, a sign of happiness like what it can be in a in a dog or a cat? Is it a possible sign of you know the flight or fight response? I think there's a misinterpretation there. The the duck's just seen them walk in and she's like basically saying, Oh, oh, something duck, but with an F, me. Yeah, yeah possibly. D- duck, duck me, they're back. Oh yeah. no, no, and the, no. And, and the tail wagging is like the yeah. propeller getting her ready to go yeah. she's winding herself up <laughs> ready to make a great escape um oh, the, the mother and daughter returned to social media alerting residents on various lost and found duck posts that their much loved pet had flown the coop again residents heeded the call to find sally it took off over Berriban uh, street harrier street area so please if you live in this area can you check your yards please one contributor said i saw it through the week uh, i saw it through the week out of the front of a house on beer barham near curlew street another set so this is your real google earth stuff here um <sighs> later that night sally wandered into yet another residence yard and this time the rest Rescue mission was successful. It was crazy. I started crying because it's been so long and I've had her and her sister since they were three days old, Miss Moston said. Miss Moston said she had identified Sally by three distinct feathers on the top of her head. When she was tiny, that was the only way we could tell the difference between the two. As soon as we saw her, we were looking for the black feathers. So um, there's uh, it goes on a little bit here. And so we talk about um, a professor of biology, Glenn Chilton, 
and is a specialist of ornithology at James Cook University. He said it was likely that Sally recognized her owners. There are 10,000 species of birds in the world, and some of them are just as stupid as mud. Some of them, of course, are very, very clever, and ducks are somewhere in the middle. Oh, you sound a bit of shade there. The old shade or, over or, the duck, yeah. Prof, prof Ornitho. Yes. Wow. Um, I suspect that when this duck was reunited with its owners, it will have a good shake, a good waddle, and trot right up to them. He said ducks, along with geese and swans, were fantastic flyers. In terms of it showing up nearly 30 kilometres away, no problem at all. They are great flyers. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that it could be the same bird. So this is the reason why, this next part of why I pulled up this, uh, this article. <laughs> a fantastic pet. Professor Chilton urged caution if bringing ducks into a home with cats or dogs. Dogs. A dog would have to be very, very well trained, and the cat would have to be really placid, he said. But once in the home, he said they were a fantastic pet with their own personalities and similar demands as other domestic animals. Just as you got to put your dog in a kennel when you go away, you can't pick up and go on vacation for two weeks and let your duck take care of itself. It can't do that. Fair enough, yep. because as we know, Ducks are somewhere in the middle between mud and really clever. So they can't be expected to fend for themselves for two. No, they, they can't they can't cook themselves an omelet or something, can no. they? No, 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 their no, own, no. Cook their own omelet. No, no, not they, at when, all. When you're not around. No, you know? no. It, it'd be that that'd be that they can't be expected to do that. They don't have the opposable thumbs to be able to turn on the, the stove. But would it be weird if they cook their own egg omelet? Oh, it would Not be. It would be. That'd be. Yeah. That'd be, oh, it'd be quite odd. I would have thought. You know. Right. I mean, okay. I mean, unless they're perching themselves over the omelette there and they're trying to sort of get it out and over crack the pan. it on and and have it sort of open up as it crack. Is. Yeah. Crack. How much? How much credibility has the prof got when the first thing he sees the duck will definitely recognise the owner, and then and it's the duck has flown away. <laughs> They know how to be a bit aloof. They know how to entertain themselves during the day. Affectionate is probably not a word that I would use, but they are loyal and they will follow you around unless you try to find them from 30 kilometers away. Yeah. Uh, though okay. much like cats and dogs, some do enjoy a cuddle or two. Some will sit in your lap very, very happily. And I think in part, they're just taking the heat off your body. Miss Moston said that her feathered friends now with clipped wings were very affectionate. They're the best pets you can get. Henry especially loves to cuddle and just loves to be in someone's arms. She loves, she loves people. Same with Sally because Henry's a female as well. So they must've thought they were a boy and a girl, but then it turns out they're both girls, but they still kept calling the other one Henry. That was Henry. In the middle article, I didn't read that. Right, Henry laid an egg, and they went, "No, nah, it's Henry, Henry and Sally, right?" Eh? Henry, <laughs> Henrietta. Henrietta. How, how excited do you think old Prof Chilton got when, uh, when he got a phone call from the Courier Mail saying, "Can you, can you give us just a bit of, bit of background on, uh, on the old ducks and and their 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 uh, what they're like as a pet? Can you he's just oh. sitting there and he's, you know, I don't know." On his uh, his leather couch and just uh, with and his, his smoke and his smoking jacket, yeah, with yeah. his big room full of leather bound books and journals and all sorts of stuff. And how rap would he been to page three of the Courier Mail just to be slapped all over there? Well, well it's actually the ABC Sunshine Coast Kylie Bartholomew, you know, well, was the yeah, was well, so, so, it's, so it's the yeah the Australian you know national you know, yeah uh, yeah but Got, still still yeah, it's, it's you know impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, he was sitting there, you know, he's uh, with his with his duck down doona. He just sort of thrown that off the night before, just going, I'm I'm in the newspaper today, darling. We're in. He's got his he's got his feathered cap there, just sitting there. Yes. With his yeah, duck yeah. feathers in there, and uh, you know, he's uh 
Bring me my success slippers. I'm in the newspaper again. Thank you very much. I mean, this, this, this guy's probably done some great research into uh, ornithology, you know, yeah, up at JCU. Yeah, pro- probably a, you know, a highly respected uh, Definitely. You know, in, in, you know, a migratory tropical birds and cassowaries and that sort of stuff. And here we are talking about his, you know, leather, leather, leather smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right you know what lewis i reckon we should probably go to our uh uh go, go to our disclaimer what sounds do you reckon good. Yeah, all advice good. on the show is generally nature so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet we do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification now lewis i wanted to i wanted to ask you something about the way that i described a scenario to an owner during the week and i I want you to grill me on whether or not you think and I think I've given good advice or poor advice. This is the, right. the, the rapport that I feel like we've got and give the, the listeners a really good insight into so, the fact that you probably, that you know a lot more about behavior stuff than what I do and want to see whether honest, or not I actually know what the hell I'm talking about. Some honest critique, mate. All right, yes. let's go. Okay. What do you got? So it was a puppy. Okay. And so this puppy is about, it was 16 weeks old. So it's in for its third Hang on, puppy mate. vaccination. I just lost you there. You're going to have to start again because my Hang phone's on. playing up and it's just taken over me. Sorry. Have you got me again? Am I back? Start again. We're ready to go. Yeah. You can hear me now. Yeah. My phone is playing up. Yep. Go oh, for no, it. That's cool. No problems. So 16 week old puppy. Okay. Yes. In for its third puppy vaccination. The owner said, I'm having trouble when we try to take her for a walk. So uh, we put her on the lead and she seems like she wants to go for a walk, but she lays down at the, as soon as we get out on the, um, we, we take her out the front door, but then there's a, like a telephone pole or something a little bit along. And as soon as she gets to there, she sits down and just doesn't want to go anywhere. As soon as then we turn around to come back, she's happy. She just wants to rush back in again and then come back, come back inside. And she says she's worse for my husband than what she is for me. My husband can't even get her to that point before she comes out and lies down before she then comes inside. Now, this puppy is a little bit anxious. And so we talked about delicate care, uh, sorry, about Zilkeen and things like that. We spoke about delicate care and yeah. their puppy food and all that sort of that stuff. That was earlier. But earlier. We talked about Zilkeen later, yes. But, but we're talking about that. Okay. And, and this little puppy, when she came in, I could see that she was an anxious little puppy. She's one of these puppies that is quite um, you know, sort of hyper reactive with things. So, you know, I had to be very careful with when I gave her injection that I tried to make it as pleasant and as positive as what I could. But I said, what it sounds like your, your puppy is doing is it's like, she's got like home is like a green zone. And there's like a yellow zone outside from that where it's just it's just kind of like a like a transition. And then the red zone is outside of that. And she doesn't want to go out into the red zone for whatever reason, whether or not something's happened for her, she's been scared or something like that. I said, okay, so what we want to try and do is we want to try and she knows that the green zone is, 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 is here and it's always going to be there. But what we want to try and do, and so I was using the like the traffic light analogy of green zone being safe, yellow zone being, okay, we want her to get out into this yellow zone and realize that this zone is actually okay as well to try and expand out that yellow zone but not get her to the point where she's getting into the red zone where she feels like she is then, oh no, hang on, now I'm really scared. So I'm just going to go into this, you know, flop over until I can run back home again. So what I said to them to do was to work out where that boundary was of, of where her, where she's going to sit down 
and come back a little bit from that and use treats and positive, um, you know, uh, positive things, soft voice, heal, liver treats, things like that to get her to that, into that uh, inside of where that red zone is. So what I'm calling the yellow zone until she seems like she's coping with that well, and then try and extend out the yellow zone, extend out the yellow zone so that what she's going to do is she's going to realize that, okay, actually in this yellow zone, everything is actually okay because good fun things are happening and positive things are happening. And hopefully then the green zone will stretch out as well. And I said, just keep an eye out for signs of body language from her when she's in this yellow zone. If she starts to, you know, her eyes start to dilate, she starts to see the whites of her eyes, her ears go back. She looks like she's hyperattentive. That tells you she's getting closer to where her perceived red zone is. Maybe then come back a little bit. What are you, you know, and, and I said, take your time, take your time, lots of treats, be positive and see how that goes. What critique me on what I've said. Yeah, love it, mate. Love it. One one question. Yep. Uh, what if they put the pup in the car and they drive to the park? I didn't ask that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. move on to the next topic. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. No, but yeah. that would have been a great question to ask yeah. to say, yeah, was it something that's happening yeah, in yeah, uh, around so, the uh, on the, the road rather than if they went somewhere else? Well, that, that, that'll give you a bit of an idea if the dog's sort of, oh, I suppose, neophobic or agoraphobic is probably the one. Yep. Scared of open spaces, scared of being out in the, you know, out away from the home, like out, yeah. out being outside, I suppose, what I'm saying. Are we actually scared of being outside? Or is there a bit of a link with uh, moving from being comfortable in the home environment to over, you know, stepping over the threshold into the outside environment, the red zone, as, as you're, yeah. you're sort of um, you call it? I do, yeah. So that that would that would give you a bit of an idea. Sometimes some dogs are yeah, happy to go in the car and then go to the park, or you know, you drive down the street and you get them out and they're they're actually okay, and then you go right, oh, that's fine. But then if you got them out of the car down the street or the park and they did the same thing, yeah, you may be looking at something a little bit more uh, more serious, perhaps. Yeah, in the uh, the puppy really is overwhelmed with being outside, um, and maybe you know, you talked about Zulkeen. Um, maybe if that was the case, potentially, I mean, I would think more along the lines of maybe some medication might help that puppy if it was that serious that it couldn't go anywhere. I love, I do love it. So coming back yet, we don't sort of know what, how that works. So that's fine. I do love your idea of, um, you know, taking things, um, you know, using food rewards and stuff. I would just be saying, you know, look, just go to, you know, go, yes, go before it stops and just, just sit down, sit down yeah. on the, on the, uh, on the pavement with it. The dog sitting down, you know, have some treats, some tasty, really tasty treats, your hot dog, your roast chicken, you know, maybe you do it before a mealtime and you sit there and, and someone's going to move. Yeah. Eventually, you know, you know, the dog's eventually going to get up and maybe come over and say hello to you or go for a bit of water. And then you can reward that and, and just taking them just so slowly. I mean, they're 16 weeks of age. If they're not going for walks around the block in the next month, it doesn't matter. If they're not yeah. going for walks in the next six months, probably doesn't matter but in a year's time if you're then walking around the block you know they've got another you know 18 years 20 years yeah. whatever it's going to be of, of walking around the block so yeah i do like what you're saying but first thing i'd say to the owners is don't don't stress about yeah. it like just take it really slowly you know take the dog to to those like you say the orange zone um you know lots of treats just sit down with them take the time if they don't want to go for a walk you know don't uh don't force don't, them. Yeah, don't force them. You know, sometimes you mentioned maybe where uh, we're not so keen to go with the husband. Now, 
I'm, I'm th- going to be stereotypical here and say that sometimes males get frustrated a bit mm. more quickly with puppies, with, with dogs in particular, and maybe he's getting a bit upset and the dog's sensing that and so really not enjoying the walk mm. quite as much. That's very stereotypical of me and may not be the case at all. But, you know, that, that might be a reason why we like going out with the female who's more like, oh, sweetie, you know, or I'll pick yeah. you up or something like that. Um and, and where the husband's been like, come on, I, I want to go for my walk. We're going to go for your yeah. walk. So, yeah, so just him to take a breath, um, you know, picking the dog up, going going for a walk and trying, putting it down again a bit further on to see see how it goes. But it'd be interesting to know what's it like away from the home environment in, in, a, in a totally separate area. Is it still really, really worried? Sometimes yeah. a little video helps. I often tell owners to give me a couple of one-minute, under one-minute short videos of, of what's happening. That can tell a lot too, really. Yeah. Give, give a lot of indication of how willing you know, the puppy is. Is it just like, no, I just don't enjoy walking. I don't like walking on concrete. Maybe I like grass. You know, it might be something like that as well. So, no, I really like what you're doing, mate. I think there's a lot more questions there, though, that we could really drill down on. Nice. Really, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really sort of go, go for a bit more in depth. Well, that's um, but it's good. Um, now, a quick question without notice where you're talking about putting him on medication and which, you know, again, a lot of times owners are quite reluctant to think yes. about putting um, young dogs on medication. Like Zilkeen's an easy sell and that's the reason yeah. why they like, uh, yeah. they like sponsoring us because, you know, they... They might make lots of money because people buy it because it's a because it's a, a more natural and sort of lighter lighter product. Um, how do you go with sort of explaining to people why it is of putting young animals on the um, the other medications when they're younger? You know, I I I'm I'm there with you. I've drunk the Kool Aid yeah. on saying that. Yeah, sometimes you need to do it, but I'm just interested in in how you assure the owners that look, this is actually the right thing to do for your young dog. Really hard, mate. Really, yeah. get, you know, really, really hard to do. Even for myself, having you know further qualifications in in animal behaviour, to to say to an owner of their brand new puppy that look, I think you know we would benefit from from some medication is really, really difficult to say. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is when they take the dog to the park, it's more for you knowing that actually this is a bit more serious yeah. Um, rather than necessarily the owners kind of getting on board and perhaps knowing that you're going to have to some stage have a bit of a chat. Some, certainly I like the idea of, of, uh, of Zilkeen using that because that's sort of setting them along the lines of maybe mm. using some, some, some tableted something or, you know, something yeah. that, that Zilkeen's not medication, but it's a supplement um, or using adaptil collar as well. Yeah. So adaptil is a, is a collar that uh, we put on dogs uh, quite firmly that produces a pheromone, um, that helps to calm some dogs. So, so certainly an adaptive collar is something else as well. Um, and and a, it really becomes a process of actually checking with those owners. So send me some videos, you know, okay, send you some videos. Undoubtedly, most owners don't send me the videos. So yeah. I'm ringing them in a week's time saying, hey, guys, look, I haven't got those videos. Oh, yeah, look, we've just been trying to, rah, 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 life, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know rah, 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 the kids are sick. Yep, okay. So, yep, yep, yeah, send, send me those videos. And it probably is a case of sort of following it up slowly with them. And you know, it will get to a point. Certainly in that case, if the dogs, you know, if it's two or three weeks down the track and we're doing all that, you know, the, the green zone stuff and the food stuff you're talking about and they're not getting anywhere, it's often much easier then to go, hang on a sec, this is not normal. Yeah. Your dog's obviously got a, a, a mental health problem. Um, you know, I really do think some medication might be of assistance. And often I'll try a shorter acting 
medication, you know, rather than a longer acting type of thing, something that'll kick in within an hour or a couple of hours yeah. and on a really low dose and just sort of, you know, th- that's often a good way. Cause often it just needs one dose of that. And th- they go, Oh my goodness. It was like amazing. You know? Yeah. Can we have some more of that? The, yeah. And that that's, uh, but yeah, no, I totally yeah, the, first, with you, mate. The, the, the first part's free, but then after that, it's going to cost <laughs> yeah. you, you know, the that's first right. taste free. Just, yeah. just have a little, <laughs> just have a little, <laughs> don't inhale, don't inhale. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got something special for you after that. So yeah. So uh, it's really hard, mate. Um, you know, I do have some dogs I see in a consult room um, that that are in for vaccination for puppies, um, and I try and talk to owners uh, that that that, um, that I think some medication actually at this age the puppy is just so full on. I think medication will help, but I don't get a lot of uptake. I think yeah. for that. But then in saying that, you get older dogs with with uh, you know. Uh, some severe mental illness and anxi- severe anxiety problems, and you you try and get owners to put them on medication, and they've been dealing with the dog for five or you know five ten years, yeah, and they still are very reluctant to do it. So there's a little bit of pushback for it, no matter what age you but it is harder for the younger dogs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, I was yeah, I I, I hear you, yeah, you know, and it is that hard thing of, um, you know, it's almost like how if we if you see a, a puppy that's got sore hips and it's like i know yeah. that yes. you know yeah i have experience of seeing puppies that are acting like this and that i know what trajectory they're yes. going to take and and hoping that it's just going to get better that's going to be a puppy thing that it's going to grow mm, out of no nah. it generally mm. isn't and it's generally going to get worse and then you know like i've like I've, I've had like i've lost clients over it of where yes. i've said to them yes. that you gotta be I, I i think you know I, I mean, it's not, it's not the first time they walk in and I don't go, Oh my God, you got to put your dog on medication, but it's the thing of, you know, I see the dog getting progressively worse and worse and worse. And it reaches a point where by the time I've seen it four or five times and I can see that it's now climbing the walls every time it comes mm. in and you know, I go, what's it doing at home? Oh, it's doing this, that, and the other. It's like, look, these, yeah, these, these are not normal behaviors. You know, this yeah. is not what it, Oh no, he's not that bad. I got, well, look, you know, mm. he came in with a sore leg. You know, you wouldn't not have me not send him home with pain relief, you know, it's, it is difficult, a mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, it certainly is difficult. I mean, it's, you know, even, even something like uh, getting brachycephalic dogs to have boa surgery at a young age, you know, often yeah. that's, that's sort of in a similar sort of vein, it can be hard hard to convince owners, you know, because they're not seeing the problem. There doesn't appear to be a problem in their eyes. Um, certainly that's something that, that can be difficult as well. I mean, all you can hope in those cases is, you know, you've gone softly, softly, and and you hope that the next vet they go to says the same thing that you've said. That's all you can hope, mate. That's all you can hope. Yeah. Now, we did get some mail this week. Uh, oh, we got, yeah. yeah. Wow. So we, we had a question from Nick Tuna from Instagram last week about the, uh, the poison cues. Oh yes. Um, or a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I've, I've sort of got confused. We, we do get a lot of correspondence and there's a lot of people using names on Instagram and then they send us their name on, on Facebook and then their name's different when we get an email. So it can be hard to keep track of who's who. And actually she's, um, this is Holly who had the plot hound. Remember? Oh, we, the plot we, hound. Yeah, yes. Nick, Nick and Petunia, the plot hound. So we certainly do right. remember you, Holly. But then she says an email which says, shoe friends, which is confusing again. So I'm not sure what that is. Or So anyway, got an uh, email from, from Nick saying, from Holly, sorry. Hi, thanks. AKA at Nick Tuna, names of two dogs, Nick and Petunia, the plot hound, had asked about poison cues. Thank you for debunking. There are so many training folks online saying, do this, don't do that, that it's info overload. I appreciate your sincerely 
balanced approach. Oh, now, I'm, sure, I'm not sure she meant to use that word, but we talk, talk <laughs> about balanced training. Not ideal, but anyway, thank you. Balanced approach to discussion and debunking training tips that may just be attention grabbers versus valid approaches. I foster dogs, so I'm usually unpacking their issues. Oh, unpacking, deep diving. We're into that too, aren't we? Absolutely, yes. While handling my own special creatures, Nick and Petuna, and I'm not a pro trainer. My current foster, we've had about two years now, is a never-ending puzzle of sweet and crazy to sort out. So I'm always grateful for your consistency around best practices. It keeps me balanced. Cheers to you both, Holly. P.S., just going through the back catalogue um, and got on to nine, episode 99.5 and I was reminiscing and it's just, it was the one where for the listeners out there, they will realise 99.5 is the one where Deb was last on the podcast. So that's, that's a long time ago. Oh, wow, really? That yeah, was, a, yeah. was that long ago? Jeez, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was right at the start of lockdown. It was more meant to be 100, but we said, no, we won't do 100 because Deb's on it. It's a special one, 99.5. It'd be really great if Deb was a co-host on the podcast again. Oh, thanks, uh, Holly. That's uh, it's nice. We don't get a lot of those sort of no, stuff. No, 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 you're right. We don't, we don't, we don't often hear about from no. people about Deb. It's, I'm, I'm sure Deb will be quite, quite happy. Um, I think it's time for an offshoot podcast for you, you know. Lewis and Deb. Lewis and Deb. Yeah, having a time. Just no, take no over time this one. Yeah. Just take over this one. <laughs> Two vets talk pets and Deb sometimes. And Deb sometimes. Yeah, yeah. nice. Another one for Instagram from Indy, friend of the podcast, Winnie. And she sent a photo of Winnie, who is, looks like a bearded dragon. All right. Uh, wanted to pass on her feedback of this week's show as she was forced to listen to it on her trip to the vet. <laughs> she says, very good. Keep up the grit. Oh, the more, oh, well, if she's Keep a bearded dragon, she'd love grit. Yeah. Bearded yes. dragons love bit grit. Of, yeah. Bit of calcium, bit of grit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, would be great to have Deb on the podcast again. Oh, wow. Jeez, and then she's, a couple of days later, she's actually put an extra, another little comment, really wanted me to emphasize the bring back Deb part. Gee whiz. Yeah, yeah it's, How about um, that? And look, if, you, if, you, if anyone is watching on, on the YouTube and they think that I'm making this up, there it is right there. You there can it see, is. Yeah, emphasize, emphasize the Deb back part. Deb part. There wow. you go, everyone. Wow. How about I, that? I, I'm, so, I'm so glad that I have just such a, a huge amount of self-esteem that I know that I can handle this amount of, you know, people not caring <laughs> about me and just want to be replaced by Deb. You know, that's fine. That's <laughs> no problem. all in good mirth, mate. All in good mirth. And <laughs> I've actually just got a text from my daughter that I've got to go and pick her up. So all I'm cool. going to... I'm going to say, uh, scratch you later. Yeah, peace out, everyone. Bye. Look over at two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Look over on Patreon and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And see you next time. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.